1: Talk Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Oh, oh, oh. Talk
2: is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. Hey. Hi. We're very do-it-yourself here at the, uh, at the World Drive in Jamboree. Don't you agree? We're punk rock, man. We are very punk rock uh, doing this in a punk rock style. Um, so tonight we're going to be having the uh, Sleepaway Camp uh, Marathon Watch Along, which is great. And my favorite of the series, and possibly my favorite horror movie of all time, wow. is Sleepaway Camp 2. So Thanks. we have uh, Amy and Kendall are here. They were part of the original cast Woo! of Sleepaway 2. It was Demi and uh, which one of the, the, the Shrote sisters? Jody. Jody, exactly, known as the Shit Sisters. You can sit down. The sun's a little bit hot. If it gets a little bit crazy, you can walk around and, and, and don't my worry cool about that. Section over here. You see, can you guys have it. fans. Yeah, we're gonna have you talking to that one right there. So, uh, can we agree out there that Sleepaway Camp Two is a masterpiece of eighties uh, horror? Yes, we can. Yes. So, um, I found this movie back when I mentioned earlier on the Awesome Pod. Woo. We used to have a, uh, a club. It was called the Cheap Ass Club. And what the cheap-ass club did was watch cheap-ass horror movies. And we would go rent them at the local Jumbo Video. We didn't pronounce the J. It was the Winnipeg thing, so it was Yumbo Video. And you would go and look at the box, and then you would pitch it to your friends. Like, this is the one we should watch for these reasons. Now, Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers has this girl... Uh, and she's standing on the, on the, on the front cover and she's got like a Freddy.
3: Yes, dude. Remember That's this? what made me discover it too. That cover right. box. It's the iconic. cover box. Yeah. It's like, I have to watch this.
2: Yeah. It was a picture of, of, of she's got a Freddy glove and a Jason mask. And right. I think, like, and I think a, she's got her
3: little booty shorts, right? It's like a right, really cute, like a it's like, I gotta watch
2: this. So you look at this thing you're like, what is this? Like, this looks Okay. And then you watch it and realize just how amazing it is. So exactly. I want to ask you guys. And Darcy, you love the Sleepaway as yeah, well. Yeah,
3: it's my top ten too. Like, we, ten We you. love this movie. Yeah, we love Seriously. it. Seriously, so, yeah. you guys are icons to us. Yeah. I'm not even kidding.
2: Iconic. So let me ask this. So, so, Kendall, let's, let's start with, with, with you. It's been you know, 35 odd years since this movie came out. Does it make you laugh when some dummy like me says it's one of the greatest movies of all time? This Initially,
4: movie. it surprised me. It really, really surprised me. I love it. I love it. When you do something, you don't anticipate how it will be received, the longevity of it. And um,
5: I don't laugh. I'm I'm humbled by it.
2: You're humbled by it, right? Yes. How about you, Amy?
5: No, I laughed my ass off. But no, I'm <laughs> <just> kidding. <laughs> um, I'm actually pretty stunned about it because it's like like she was saying. You do something and you don't realize what kind of impact it's going to have later and to, to understand now the, the following that we have is
3: awesome. Yeah, you can Woo!
2: So, Darcy, how did you discover um, Unhappy Campers?
3: Well, I think I just told you.
2: What, did, you did you just buy it from the box?
3: <laughs> yes, from the box. I was like, I remember seeing it when I was too little and my parents wouldn't let me get it. So, finally, when I was old enough to rent on my own, I'm like... Going back to that and was shocked by how much it lived up to the cover box. Like, this is as good as advertised. And so I have just watched it. I've probably seen it 150 times, maybe. Yeah. And I never get tired of it. Like, he watched it the other night I to watch prepare and I was like, night, yeah. no, I want to be watching it again
2: right now. <laughs> it's not even to prepare. Like I've seen it at least 150 times as well. Like I watch it usually two or three times a year. Like it's that yeah, type totally. of movie. It's the type of movie that if I'm like, I want to watch something or just have something in the background, I'll put on Sleepaway Camp too, you and know.
5: That, Same.
2: That blows my mind. Yeah. Why, now is that? When
5: a celebrity thinks that you're Mind-blowing and, and <laughs> the best of all time. You know, that's that's pretty cool.
2: <laughs> the thing is, when I discovered it, I, I was not a, ce- a celebrity, not even close. Just a kid who, who thought this movie would be uh, something interesting, you know, and watching it. And the thing I like about it, like, um, so Sleepaway Cap, the original, there's a certain tone to it. It's, I think it's much darker than 2. And 2 is a it's little way bit... way more serious, for Way sure. more serious, right? And 2 is a little bit more shall I say, 80s? Does that make sense? It's
3: definitely 80s, and it has a little bit of that comedy to make it more lighthearted, but not enough to turn it off, because we are not big horror comedy fans. I take it serious, like, as much as... as Silly as that might sound to me, it's it's serious with a bit of humor, yeah. you know. Camp. Yeah, camping, but
2: but they play it straight. It's yes. not like there's like yes. you know, re- 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 there's the Return of the Living Dead where there's like jokes being Stop. cracked, and it's like I it's just more of a too. lighthearted uh, type of a film. So, how did you guys get involved with this? You can start, Kendall. Do you remember how you got the the gig and what was what were, what did you hear about this movie and, and kind of how did it all come to be?
4: I really didn't know about. The direction of the movie but an agent submitted me um i live in atlanta i was living in atlanta then i went to the audition they wanted a slightly humorous edgy young lady and i got the gig
2: so you auditioned for it
4: i definitely auditioned for it yes
2: that's yes. amazing this was this was the were hot you... movie on the block the big <laughs> sequel right, were
3: you so excited like, I, I nailed it i was i was, I was, I was blown away <laughs> yes Yes,
5: yes, yes, yes.
2: How about you, Amy? Do you remember how you got the gig?
5: Yeah, I mean, I auditioned also. I was an Atlanta actor as a young teenager. But originally, I had auditioned and got the part for The Other Sister. But my parents didn't want me to do that part. So they put me in The Other Sister role and brought Carol in. Carol was already on the production behind the scenes. And so they asked her to do the, the, the sister that gets the make-out scene and, and uh, all Ah, that.
2: so that's your parents didn't want you making out on camera. Right, right. Right, right. So you played the other uh, shit sister. Yes, yes. <laughs> Someone asked me, who you have an honest I I got one of the shit sisters. Like, oh, that's amazing. Yes. Which we find out in the movie they're called the shoat. Shote. Shote. The Shote yes. sisters. Right, yes. exactly. So this movie filmed in Atlanta hmm yes and so kind of tell us a little bit like how long did it take and give us some of the stories about making this film as far as uh, when you when you got did you live there in the camp was it an actual camp or were you
4: it was a camp that was no longer active so it was a little creepy in and of itself <laughs> because it you know it hadn't been used in quite some time. Um, no, we stayed nearby. We didn't stay
3: at the camp.
2: <laughs> um. What a dumb question. I mean, you guys didn't stay in the
3: camp? like what? No. I, I, I thought you'd on, be living there. I've been on productions where they would absolutely have you living there. So. <laughs> that's, that's a trauma. They trick. hooked you up. That's a, that's a
2: Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> that you is would be very living in the actual And cabins, a last right? drive-in thing. <laughs> yeah, well, good call, yeah.
4: And it was done um, in October, so at night it was a little cool walking around in those shorts, Um, my fondest memory was going to pick up my bag and there was a snake curled next to my bag. And I'm one of those people that don't like snakes. So I tried not to scream because they were filming right (laughs) nearby and I just backed up and left my bag there. That
2: was pretty considerate of you not to bust the take because (laughs) you had a snake on your bag. That's a sign of a trooper. Pro- there's a true professional here. <laughs> professional, true professional. You're a master thespian.
5: Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you remember, Amy, about kind of the whole camp and going there?
5: I think my biggest memory is the scene where we're all in the the cafeteria for breakfast and we sing the song, and but yeah. we yeah, yeah. all had this <laughs> like plaster-like oatmeal to That's- eat. Yeah. <laughs> and just playing with it i don't think i ever ate it and i don't think anybody was eating it it was just but it was like oh
2: so thick right <laughs>
5: what the we hell stirred is this? it <laughs> a lot <laughs> but that's
2: kidding. true summer camp food though
4: yeah yeah
2: right exactly yeah um let's talk about the movie itself and, and darcy and i love this movie what are some of your favorite moments from the from from the film just thinking about it
3: i don't know. <laughs> you just love the movie
2: (laughs) well let's let's let's, we're gonna go through some of this stuff but tell me about Allie the girl who played Allie did you get along with her she's one of my favorites in the movie
4: yeah yeah she was not like her Valerie Hartman
1: yeah Yeah. she
4: was not like her character she was really cool Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we all got along actually we all got along well not sounding corny but that's true we all did Get along, and I got to give one of those famous lines to her about the long black hair and her tits. You remember? Yes. <laughs> t- <with laughs> the I'm her. staring at that long black hair on your tit, or something like that. <laughs> awesome.
2: Well, yeah, you saw a lot of her boobs in that movie. She was one of the uh, the uh, purveyors of boobness.
5: She was the token set of tits. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a couple other nice girls. Don't there.
3: have to show it off. <laughs> yeah.
2: She also has one of the one of the best deaths in cinematic history, of course, Allie. Yes, oh, yes. when she if, if you guys seen this when she gets shoved down the outhouse with the, a,
3: yes, the leech isn't shed, no. Yeah, the leeches and shoved down.
2: Yeah, with a giant stick. <laughs> and uh, one thing I lo- love about this movie, and it happens quite a few times, is there's this like this incessant buzzing of flies. Yeah. If you see the movie, all you hear is like <laughs> So, one of, the, one of the scenes where it has that is, is, is in the outhouse. So, she gets shoved down the outhouse with a stick, and she comes up from the outhouse covered in leeches, which asks the question... Iconic. Iconic. But do leeches live in human waste? I've never heard that before in science class. Yeah, Shut just,
3: up, I've never thought about that I Why they were there do. leeches?
2: It's, it's yeah. an outhouse There's pee and poop in there, why is there leeches just living in Can someone
3: in it? Google that and tell if it's can leeches live in shit? Can leeches
2: live in toxic ways? Suspension waste?
5: of, Thank
3: of you. disbelief yeah.
5: right, right, right. <laughs> I see people on it I think they live in stagnant water Oh well, There which, you go, right? So, there you go I don't know about, about the other part, other
3: part of it, of it. Uh, yeah. We're no. learning science shit You guys
2: remember this, right? She comes up and she's got leeches all over her face which is just the, the greatest scene ever. And then later on, of course, in the reveal with all the bodies, you see her and she now has a green face with the leeches still stuck on her. So the, so the leeches were sacrificed as well, right? Very, Very rarely. Oh, okay, rarely. hold on. So, so okay. we have Mr. Science come up here and let, let, give us, what yes. does it say? I want you to read what it says. Give us a report can, on science. These guys got a little a little setup over here. There's a there's a Protected
3: a, a from the heat umbrella, over there. We have our table. fact checker.
2: So, so read, read what you. Uh, first of all, what did you Google?
3: Uh, Fact checker. <laughs> Give him the mic, Chris. Do
2: leeches live in human waste? And what does it say? It
0: says very rare in colons, but not in just waste. It's
3: oh my the oh. However, Thank does you. her still water idea that or stagnant water that and would make sense? What did you say? Sense, very right? rare in what? Live inside of you in a rectum. Wrecked-
2: geez louise whoa there's our movie for, our idea for the next movie the rectal infestation of no, leeches no thank
3: you alright so we have shown fly. that it
2: is possible for leeches to have been living in there so Allie really could have been besieged
3: wow by, uh, thank you by the leeches
2: there for sure oh <laughs> let's talk about some of the co-stars in the movie because like you guys you guys showed up was this, was this your first movie or one of your first movies
4: it was m- one of my first principal yeah okay
2: movies, yeah. how about you Amy
5: I had actually done a a couple of other productions, but nobody
2: right. So (laughs) this movie has some 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 names, shall we say? Uh, Obviously, the first one is Angela, is played by Pamela Springsteen, who is the sister of Bruce Springsteen, which is amazing to me. And people still like, are you serious? Really, was the boss's sister, right? Yeah. Tell us about uh, about Pamela. what she was like to work with and, and
5: She was very quiet, but she was very sweet. You know, like she I I didn't have a lot of time to work with her, so um you know, I don't have anything bad to say about her. She was very very
3: nice to work. Oh with. no, we want some tea. I, <laughs> I mean yeah, she no. she
5: was very Such quiet. A diva.
3: And, yeah, she was quiet, but she, she, she was to herself down a lot. to earth. I mean, she
4: you wouldn't have known who she was unless someone told you.
2: Was there ever any on-set visits from the boss coming to check out uh, little <laughs> sister? No.
4: No. I, I no. think that would be
2: awesome if Bruce Springsteen showed up totally. at one point and like played the For Happy the Camper, camper theme or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> For the least thing.
3: I just see that toilet scene. I'm a happy camper. Yeah, he should have played the, the guitar during <laughs> the this. the guitar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and and that, but that's the thing though. So you have a, a Pamela Springsteen, and then another. Uh, Hollywood royalty family you have Renee Estevez sister of one Emilio Charlie Sheen and uh, daughter of Martin Sheen which is another just the most random of castings there talk about uh, recollections of Renee
5: she was awesome she was really friendly really just you know like you felt like she was your best friend as soon as you met her right she was really cool all
2: right all right Candle
5: yeah same
4: same. She was a lot more outgoing than Pam, but she, again, was another down-to-earth, just fun. We were just having fun. No one was putting on airs or I'm you guys are just, just so and so. Kids here. Yeah, we out. were
5: young. Yeah. Just. Did
2: you guys party yeah. at all on set or anything like that? Have any, have, any uh, days off on uh, on set where you guys went and hung out?
5: The only time, the only real party we had was when we had our cast party at the end, and we had it at the camp. And yeah, everybody <laughs> stayed the night, and it was a night.
2: <laughs> Whackiness ensued. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you've seen the movie?
5: Maybe about a year or so ago. Okay. Yeah. How
2: about are
3: you? Oh, you watching it tonight with us?
5: I I think we will yeah. stick around, Yay! hang out, yeah.
3: yeah. see it on the
5: yeah. Oh, I've never. I don't. I think we ever saw it on a the big, big
4: screen.
3: Oh I God, doubt it I
2: ever had a theatrical release. I, yeah, don't, I don't think so. We yeah, Went yeah. straight straight to, to video. video. Yeah. Right, 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 Straight
5: to blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> straight to Jumbo video. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: But There was a lot of experienced actors on the two. Like the guy who played TC, I remember, was on 8 is Mm -hmm. Enough. Uh, Brian clark i think his name was yeah yep and then the most random of casting was walter Gotell as uncle john Yeah, yep. he was like in famous war movies like the bridge to the river quiet type of movies and those yeah. types of things yep. uh th- 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 so did you learn from such uh, hollywood luminaries as brian patrick clark and walter Gotell?
5: again very nice people <laughs> i know we keep saying that but it was true everybody was super super cool and my sister and I got knocked off pretty early, so... <laughs> you did, right. <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot of time to get to know people very well, but...
2: Let's talk about that. So the sister, the, the, the poor shit sisters are basically burned alive.
5: And hence my pants. Oh! I, bought, oh, I bought, That's I the brilliant. Pants.
2: There you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> On fire! That's hot. I
5: saw these pants yesterday. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I gotta get Perfect. those. Perfect.
2: So, so when you're looking at the script and it said, you know, the sisters are burned or whatever it may be, because I I think you're just a a, a burnt, charred skeleton, basically, right? Yeah. So you're you don't don't even die on screen. I
5: didn't. I didn't even get to do that. You're just
2: just a dummy right there, right? Yeah. So did you watch that scene where your sister? I was
5: actually off of off off offset, but I heard Carol screaming through the woods, and it was the craziest, most Blood curdling thing I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and she did, she gave it.
2: Now, uh, for you, Kendall, I mm-hmm. think Demi got um, throat.
5: Garretted,
2: yeah. G- g- yeah, is it Garrote or Garrett? Which one? T- which, tomato, which one? Let's, let's, ask, let's ask the audience. Is it <laughs> Garrote or Garrot?
3: Look it up again. Garot. <laughs> I'm
2: Canadian, <laughs> so Garot. So yeah, so she kind of gets that. So tell us that, that that procedure about how how you died on screen. What was the special effects like?
4: That was actually fun in an odd sort of way, you know, because I'm standing there talking in the mirror and I don't see what Angela is doing behind me, looking for something to kill me with. And um, when she comes behind me, we sort of just we had to wrestle, you know. And, and but I had my hand on the guitar string because it was a guitar string. It so. was an
2: actual guitar uh-huh. string that could actually really cut your throat. A <laughs> guerrilla filmmaking at its finest, ladies and
5: gentlemen. Low yep. budget. Low budget. Yep.
2: So you got yep. your hand in there to protect yourself from <laughs> certain death.
4: Yes. Yes. And we tussled and tussled until she took me down. And um, then later I got to see the back end of me because they stuffed me in the window. And, yeah, so you saw the, the back half of me hanging out of the window. And I did, because they called us back Maybe three or four weeks later, to be on a sound stage do the to do to the scene where all the dead bodies yeah. were, um, and that took a while. We all had to lay there and pretend to be dead. It was some hours of sitting there pretending to be, to be dead, dead and holding your breath, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, yeah.
2: That was a trope for sure uh, in the '80s horror. Where the final girl would go into a room and find all of the dead bodies. That yep. was something that all the killers in the '80s spent a lot of time to do. That. <laughs> I mean, I would think they would take, they would organize it and make like a presentation. You know what I mean? It's all like, about the art. It's all about the art. She, and my favorite thing about about the reveal uh, when when she's like, "Don't go in there, it's locked." He's like, "No, it's not," and just opens the door like. The- <laughs> Worst lock ever. Uh and this is Sean, of course, who walks inside and then you see all of the bodies uh surrounded. Angela comes in and she basically uh ties up Sean and, and, and Renee. I don't remember what it was Renee's name, whatever her name was in the movie. Uh and he ties them up and then they show the dead bodies again uh for another time. Renee was Molly. And in this part of the scene, there's this random placement of a, a heavy metal band called Flotsam and Jetsam. They, their album, That's cover, the here. <laughs> the album cover for Doomsday for the Deceiver uh, is in this reveal of all the dead bodies. It's just a random Flotsam and Jetsam cover. So doing some research, I found out that Metal Blade Records, which was the um, record label that Metallica started on, had some kind of a licensing deal with the movie. And, and that's why the uh, initial uh, song is an anvil song from Canada. The final song is by a band called Obsession and during the credits. I know way too much about this movie. You guys are staring on up the <laughs> No, it's amazing. F- <laughs> off no
5: more than teach, I do. Us,
2: teach <laughs> us. And then the random Flotsam and Jetsam album cover, which I'm assuming is like we need to get another plug for Metal Blade Records. Just uh, put the album cover there during the reveal. <laughs> so you actually see this. And as a 16 you know, year old kid watching this movie, like, oh my God, it's Flotsam and Jetsam. This is amazing. <laughs> And now the, the true bit of trivia, you want to go deep, is on that record, that Flotsam and Jetsam record, is a bass player who played with Flotsam and Jetsam and then ended up going to another band and becoming their bass player and becoming one of the biggest metal bands in the world. you guys know who that was? Jason Newsted of Metallica. Yes, he Woo! came from Flotsam and Jetsam to Metallica. So on that album is Jason Newstead playing. So there you go.
4: Wow. That's
3: some deep diving. my day. A little bit of trivia there for me. I mean,
2: crazy, wow. right? That's,
3: wow. My yeah. mind is blown. <laughs> Your
2: mind is blown. And I actually asked the guys from Anvil, because once again, it's like, oh, you, this is, I meet the guys from Anvil. I got to ask about Sleepaway Camp too. They had no idea. This is how it was back in the day. Like, what? Our song is on what movie? What are you talking wow. about? So obviously the residuals have not been pouring in for Anvil.
5: They're not missing much.
2: <laughs> Straight through the eyes is, is, what, is what it's called. So. Um, so talk. Let's talk about uh, about the, more about the movie itself. So uh, another reason why this this movie works so well is because uh, we mentioned Angela Pamela Springsteen. She does such a great job of being like this crazy psycho who walks the line of being like this loving counselor, and how she gets away with the murders is she just tells the boss that she just sent people home. That's it. Like I just sent them home, <laughs> and everyone just goes okay. Okay. Right on. So that happens throughout the movie, which I just love that uh, it's so easy for her to be murdering these poor kids. And where's George? Oh, I sent him home. Okay.
4: <laughs> Actually, that's what helps get me done in because I start saying I called this one's mother and that one's right. mother and that one's mother. and Oh, her. yeah. And you know the busybody, you. Yeah, and they're saying that the kids are still here, but I'm saying that to Angela. And that's when she starts looking for something to get rid of me.
2: Doesn't she grab a couple things first?
4: Yeah, Um, yeah, she has a pencil first. Right. And then I can't remember. Was it a radio?
2: I think something like that. Yeah. Boombox. And then a stick. And then it's like oh, this guitar string.
5: Yep. She picks up her guitar that she plays, (laughs) and she yeah, yeah.
2: And uses that. But
5: again, that's that that campy. Comic relief that was realistic, but to watch it was hilarious.
2: Yeah, yep. It's really interesting too because, once again, I think the, the hanging out and watching a movie with with Quentin Tarantino years ago. I had mentioned to him because when she picks up all these weapons, that's what Bruce Willis does uh, in Pulp Fiction. Remember, before he goes downstairs to take yeah. care of Z, he's picking up all the. You know, the <laughs> weapons and of course I'm like did you get that from Sleepaway Camp 2 and he's like I, I, not, I remember that movie I, I'm, I'm maybe subtly I'm not sure so that could that's be yes. that's that a cou- a I'm yes I'm gonna say yes that Tarantino also influenced by Sleepaway Camp, 2, Unhappy wow. campers.
5: <laughs> Tell him wow. we're all available to work. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. He likes doing that, right? Putting the the, the actors from the yeah. from back in the day in his movies. So, so when when you guys were making this, like you mentioned, you were very quickly on and off the set. How long? How how long? A week?
5: Uh, yeah, I think we were maybe a couple weeks, two or three. Yeah.
2: How about you, Kendall?
5: Not much more. Um, I think maybe four weeks
4: at the camp, and then they called us back for the final.
2: For the, for the yeah. reshoot or whatever, maybe. Yeah. So, so when do you find out that the movie is out? Do you get any uh, letter in the mail saying, <laughs> I don't know the answer to this, saying that the movie is done and, and it's going to be out next Tuesday? Like, any type of warning or just walking through your local Yumbo video and seeing it there?
4: I remember reaching out to my agent at the time, seeing if he found out. I, I got some sort of it's coming soon. So it wasn't random. And then it was out. So I had a window of when it might come out. Did
5: yeah. you have an idea? I, I don't remember ever. Like, it was like, okay, that's over. Moving on about my life. Right. Next audition, you know. I probably saw it in the video store. I went, <laughs> you know. There so, that is. Okay. So
2: so so, what was the like? The, did you guys have a viewing party at your house, or what did you uh, when did you f- first watch it?
4: By the time it was released, I had moved back to New York because that's where I'm from originally. I think they sent because I don't remember buying the movie. I think they sent it, mm-hmm. and that's how I knew that it was finally out. And I had some friends over to
3: to watch it, and they. Didn't know whether they should laugh or they didn't know
5: what to think.
4: I'm really wondering when you guys
3: realized it had such a cult following.
5: I mean, really, we did we did a a, a reunion convention with Days of the Dead the February before the COVID Everything shut, shut down. down like, the I mean, month it was before. a month before, yeah. and we were so well received. And the fans just came out of nowhere, and we're just like, "What? What? What is happening?" No way! Not until (laughs) then. Yeah. Oh my god. No idea. I mean, I had the random person contact me on Facebook or whatever, but other
3: than that,
5: wow. Well, I'm glad you're here now. We can
3: show you how loved you are.
5: Not even. Like, thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you. We love you guys so much, and so appreciative that you guys can appreciate us. Yeah, (laughs) and we do.
4: And I actually thought it was a joke when I got the email from Mike. <laughs> I like, looked at it and I thought somebody was pulling <laughs> some sort of joke Aww. that they wanted us to come to this convention. And I didn't believe it for for, for quite some time.
2: Then <laughs> no, 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 why didn't we you are believe honored,
4: it? Man. Because I had no idea. I didn't know that the movie was still being viewed, just didn't know mm-hmm. that it had taken legs after, because it was a a while ago, right. you know, um, had no
2: clue, none. Who else was with you at the uh, at the reunion?
5: Uh, well, most uh, everybody that's here tonight, I think, was there.
2: Yeah, uh, so, you know, all sleepaway camps, not just two. Yeah, like, yeah gotcha. right,
5: was like right. A reunion situation.
2: Gotcha. So you didn't see so. like a Pamela Springsteen showing up or no, Renee? No, or she or didn't that. show up.
5: None of the none of but the. But Carol
2: was there. Her other yeah, sister. Yeah, my was sister was, was there. there.
5: But Carol lives in Atlanta. Also, Well, she lives uh, in the mountains. She has a winery in North Georgia. So it's hard for her to get away. But, she, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, who else was there? Uh, I can't
4: not remember her name she gets killed at the very 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 beginning of the movie before like the
2: oh I love I love, oh I love yeah. I love I love this Credits. let's talk about that that death and I think she's even listed as I keep looking oh, and referencing tongue? referencing the, the, the cast death? yeah exactly uh, I think she's actually uh, doesn't even have a Is name she she's th- like killed at the girl killed at the beginning yeah first camper <laughs> so she's the one that when she's like I just want to go home and she just wants to get out of there yeah. Yeah. And so then who's got
5: that shirt on
3: Where's that shirt? Somebody Shut up. Somebody's got that? Somebody's got a
2: shirt about that, I think. Of that exact scene?
3: They might be in their cars. A lot of people are listening in their cars anyway. back there. Right. <laughs> okay. so, so,
2: anyways, you see that uh, Angela, I think she hits her from behind with, like, you know, a, 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 she uses a branch quite a bit. She likes using, wielding <laughs> yeah. that tree branch. So she does that, yeah. Uh, that is the sorry, Trisha Grant as Girl Sent Home. Right.
5: Yes. That's right. Yes. That's yes. her yes. name in the credits. Yes. Girl,
2: Girl, sent, home. Home. Girl <laughs> sent Home. Girl Sent Home. Girl Sent Home.
3: Girl, sit. home. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah.
2: So she gets hit from behind, and, and when she falls down, you see this, like, giant tongue thingy in between her mouth that Angela then proceeds to rip out. And it's just, like, the worst fake tongue ridiculous. from, like, a joke shop. Like, it's so bad, right? Like, a suspension you you could have literally have gone to, you know, a, a butcher shop and bought, like, a tongue. And and use that instead It was like this rubbery I
3: suspend my disbelief (laughs) I liked it
2: It wasn't her real tongue (laughs)
3: No Why are you ruining This movie for me man (laughs) Spoiler alert
0: The longest field goal Ever attempted Is 76 yards The longest field goal Ever missed Also 76 yards Why bring this up Because knowing Your limits matters Both when you're Kicking a field goal And when you gamble Betting more than You're comfortable with Is like trying a 70 yard field goal It probably won't go well So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: So, check out, this is is a funny funny story that just actually happened today. So, um, are you guys familiar with the character actor Michael Hitchcock? He's in all the Christopher Guest uh, mockumentaries, if you saw him, he's a writer for Mad TV, and he's on a million different things. Like he's, he's one of those guys, when you see him, you know him. Super funny. He's a groundling. I'm a groundling, so we met during those days. I always asked him, because if you go to Wikipedia, you see Michael Hitchcock wrote Sleepaway Camp 2 and Sleepaway Camp 3. And he was like, no, it's, it's, it's another Michael Hitchcock. It's got to be another Michael Hitchcock. I asked him again today. He's like, no, it's not. And then finally he called me. He goes, dude, cat's out of the bag. I wrote Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3.
3: That's breaking news, y'all. That's huge news. That is news. groundbreaking.
2: Huge news. He wrote it under the pseudonym of Fritz Gordon. So when you see it written by Fritz Gordon, it's actually Michael. And Michael is in the, the Happy Camper sing-along scene as a counselor. So he he's, he's going to do a, an interview with me. We're going to put it together with this interview about why it's taken him so long to admit it. And he'll only talk to me. The, I get the exclusive from Aww. Mike Hitchcock, a.k.a. Fritz Gordon, about writing these films. Tell
3: him it's the thing he should be most proud of in his entire, entire career. career. Yes. Forget
2: about Best in Show.
3: No, nothing. Sleep you guys ever seen Do. Best in
2: Show? Remember, remember the guy who's looking for Busy B? That's Michael Hitchcock.
3: Where's Busy B? Where the
2: fuck is Busy B? So, yeah, so we've got that exclusive uh, information as well. But that also brings up another question. that Sleepaway Camp 3 which is not as good as Sleepaway Camp 2, but was being kind of filmed at the same time. What yes. do you guys remember about this?
5: They filmed two and then immediately went to production of three. Of three, because they like had we the shut facility. shut down and they used the same camp and, you know, Renee was still there and, and I mean, mm-hmm. they rolled right into right it. Right into I it. I think maybe it even overlapped a little bit. Yeah, they, they were coming on...
4: Like shooting maybe in the evening, and we were shooting in the day. Oh wow! The so they were really yeah.
2: making yeah. it, mm-hmm. making it together. Yeah, yeah. because it, it seems like though that after you guys left, they probably ran out of money. Because once again, Angela goes on a killing spree with a with a branch. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it tonight. Where and that's what Michael said. Sorry, that's what Fritz Gordon said. He goes, "I was so angry at them. I kept calling them like she's supposed to kill in this or that way. And it's like she just kept using that branch." Because the branch is really cheap.
3: She's resourceful.
2: She can wield that branch. Let's talk, uh, as, as we start to wind down here, about the actual last 20 minutes of, uh, of Sleepaway Camp 2. If you guys have seen it recently, uh, or you're going to be watching it tonight. Woo! So... It's going, and it's good. And then, you know, there's so many great kills, and, like, the poor kid gets killed wearing his... He literally is wearing his Freddy makeup and gets his throat slashed with the Freddy fingers. Oh, the irony. The irony. I was wondering how how they were able to get away with that, too. New Line Cinema must have uh, not cared (laughs) so far under the radar. Anyways, just moving along great. And, and, And Brian Clark Duncan, he gets the acid thrown in the face, which is a great death, and they did a really good job with that. And then there's a flashback of Angela sleeping, and it's about five minutes of her killing everybody again. And then there's about a ten-minute chase through the woods, which is absolutely incredible, of Renee escapes, Molly escapes from the, from the uh, uh, killing ground, the burial ground where all the, the Flots of Jetsam album is. She escapes, and she runs away through the forest, and she's running, and she's running, and she runs right next to a tree where, of course, Angela's right beside her. And then she goes, ah, and then runs again. And she's running, and she's running, and she's running, and she runs past another tree where Angela's there again. Then Angela pushes her off a, a grassy knoll, shall we say? And, and, sure. Yeah, and then just like, looks at her and just leaves her for dead. And then she goes back to the camp. Everybody in the movie dies. Like, the kids died, the little kids, like, at the end, she's like, oh, I told you guys to stop being Peeping Toms. Right? Their yep. throats are slit. Sure, yep. The last counselor, who looks like Pat Benatar, she, she, she goes in and sees uh, 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 Uncle John's hand cut off because he fires Angela, and then the other kid is hanging from the corner, and then she's like, ah, and then she gets stabbed with a twisting of the knife. Everyone's dead. And then Renee Estevez wakes up and... Is now running in the dark. <laughs> it's like this f- 20 minutes of just running and running and running. And then, of course, she runs into the truck where the driver is Angela, who's killed the cowboy lady. Ain't no skin off my tits, sugar. And then it just ends. Do you remember this?
3: Yep. This is an amazing reenactment, yep. by the way. <laughs> thank you for recreating those. Thank you,
2: guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. thank
3: you. I feel like I'm watching it right now.
2: It's the theater of the mind. So you can see, and she just—it shows her face, and then it goes, in the yeah. movie. Yeah. So yeah. what do we think happened to Molly? Did she die? Do you think that? I mean, what, what do you guys think? Did Molly die? Did she escape? Where are we at here with this?
3: She escaped. Okay. She died, man. Died. It's like a glass half full, half empty. Did you want her to die or not? That, that bitch yeah. died. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Team Angela.
2: <laughs> Team Angela. <laughs> You know, and it's funny too because then you see the kid, um, Sean, he gets his head cut off. And then in three, uh, his dad, who's a cop, and he, he finds out that Angela killed his son, and then she just shoots him too.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the end of that.
3: But you gotta love that they, they brought it all together. Like they were trying. They did. To but make it was. A cinematic universe.
2: Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, a, a
3: continuity. Vi- yeah, con- exactly. yeah. But wasn't it? Continuity. Very-
2: wasn't very valiant uh, way for the cop to die. <laughs> Just like you killed my son. Bam, bam. Life
3: done. ain't always valiant, Chris. Sometimes <laughs> it happens.
2: So, last few questions here for you guys. How did Sleepaway Camp to affect your life then, if at all, and how did? Is it affecting it now? What do you think, Kendall?
4: Honestly, I went back to New York, so it was something on my resume because I sort of morphed over into doing more like um, soap stuff stuff. yeah Yeah. and um and then i just decided i needed to put that acting portion on hold and then i didn't think about it anymore until i got that
3: email that i thought was a joke (laughs) Right. well we got to get you back and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and more horror cons you guys are like literal icon stuff we're glad you're here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
5: That's really nice. So, so how,
2: uh, and how about now that, that you see people that are coming to see you and getting your autograph and all that sort of thing? Is it kind of a, a bonus round for you, like a victory lap sort It of thing? is.
4: It is, definitely. And I want to thank you all. Yay. Thank you yes. so much. It Absolutely. It is appreciated more than you can understand. But, um, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's kind of makes me think about the business and the industry again, you know. Yeah.
2: Um, It's interesting, too, because there's, you know, how many actors is there? You know, let's say, I don't know, 10,000, just probably the lowest number I could pick. But the fact that you're in something that is really impacting people's lives is probably the goal of every actor. Now, whether you can do that 15 times or once, you still are a part of something special.
4: That's very, 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 very true. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, much appreciated.
2: How about you, Amy?
5: Well, you know, like I said, at the time I was I was a teen actor and just moved on to the next thing, which ended up being dating musicians and moving to L.A. and
3: I <laughs> so like there's some stories there. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but I I have a funny story, and I think it affected my sister more than it did me because when she went to college, her college roommate said. I want to watch my favorite movie. And my sister said, what movie is that? And she said, Sleepaway Camp 2. Oh, wow. And my sister was like, oh. (laughs) She should be proud. Yeah. And the girl, and she said, well, my sister was in that movie. And the girl was like, no way. And then she said, I thought your laugh sounded familiar. (laughs) So um, it's been a very interesting ride. And I'm super, super humbled and and proud to be a part of this it's a whole lot of fun to do these events and see all of you guys that that appreciate us again i know i said that already but you can't say it enough right
2: that's (laughs) exactly right
5: so thank you all for coming yeah
3: you guys rock
2: last question um is there a favorite scene that you have in the movie involving you or, or or somebody else um when you watch it back is there something that you that stands out for you?
5: Just in Sleepaway Camp 2 or whatever in the Sleepaway okay.
2: Camp franchise? I think
5: the thing that sticks out the most for me is the kill with the curling iron. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that's just my
3: yeah. Wow. See, okay. I feel like they could have gone further with it that? though. Who thought of that? Like I liked it, but I wanted more, you know? <laughs>
2: but that was also nineteen eighty three, so that was pretty yeah, right? vicious for the time.
3: Wow. Well let's remake it. Yeah. <laughs> we need viciousness.
2: What do you think? Candles are one that stands up for you a scene a moment?
4: Actually it was the reverse panty raid when we went into the boys (laughs) (laughs) camp room and yeah yeah that it was fun that particular scene was
2: that was a good one
4: loosely scripted and it was a lot of fun yeah and the other thing that sticks out in mind do you were you
5: there for the pool scene no we were dead (laughs) <laughs> you were dead. We were dead. Oh.
2: Is that Allie's okay. wet t-shirt scene?
5: We, we yes, were, that's We were a barbecue.
4: That yeah. was Allie's wet t-shirt scene. Another standout scene. Yeah. But... The pool hadn't been maintained, so it was green. Oh, oh no. Algae. <laughs> I was a trooper. <laughs> and, yeah, she was because I wouldn't get in the pool. If you look way in the back, you'll see somebody in a yellow bathing suit, and that was me sitting on the side watching everybody have fun. So those were the two
3: things that stood stuck. How about out. you, Darcy? I mean, you can't beat leeches.
2: Yeah, the leeches in That's the That's number one in the
3: whole series, for sure.
2: Yeah, that to me stands out. I also just love Sean's beheading because it's really well done. And I think that's another thing about the Sleepaway Camp 2 movie is that there's some really great kills. and There's some ones that just they they just got it over with. I think they spent some time on this one because he's literally lying like this and he's like, you know, my dad's going to get you. And she goes, oh, really? And just grabs this thing and cuts his head off like in two seconds. You're like, what? And it actually looks really good. There's no remorse. There's no hesitation from Angela, the angel of death, Baker, slash. Damn, you
3: are selling this. Slash
2: Johnson. <laughs> My name is Angela Johnson, not Angela Baker, because she took all the pills and the electroshock and one surgery even, she says. So uh, I just really love that, that just out of nowhere kill. Uh, last thing, guys, and we're probably going to do this later, but I think we should do it now as well, just in honor of the, the whole movie.
5: Don't make us sing.
2: Oh, we're going to sing. No,
5: now. Lord. No. no. Do
2: you guys remember I the sing. Happy Lord. Camper no. No. song? I don't remember. You guys that. can just don't kind don't. of hum <laughs> along if you want. You don't remember the words? No. Because no. I happen to have them right here.
3: Oh, you cheater. Yeah, of course you do. Of course.
2: Of course you do. So, so it's very easy. I don't have uh, my
3: phone.
2: It's very easy. It's, I'm a happy camper. It's, it's
3: practice for tonight.
2: I love the summer sun. I love the trees and forest. I'm always having fun. Oh, I'm a happy camper. <laughs> I love the clear blue sky.
5: I'm going to make you eat oatmeal. And with the
2: grace of God, <laughs> I'll camp until I die. You guys remember this? You want to give it a try?
3: I want to hear I said that. you want to give it a try.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are, Are you, you happy
3: go? campers?
2: Here we go. There's, there's our cue card right there. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a happy camper. camper. I, I love, love the summer, summer sun. <laughs> sun. I, I love, love the, the trees, trees and forests. Forest. I'm, I'm always having, having fun. I'm a happy, happy camper. camper. I, I love the clear blue, blue
0: sky. sky. Woo!
2: And with, with the, the grace the of, of, God, God, camp camp of God, I'll camp until I die. Can <laughs> baby, sleep with Camp too, and Happy Campers. Thank you, guys. Thank all you, ready. everybody. Thank you. Thank you
0: all.
2: been a long time since i saw my friend michael hitchcock one of the funniest people i've met
6: uh, <laughs> reading during the podcast how rude oh oh are we starting i've just been Is that was i talking about you in that well yeah you you were but that's not why i'm reading
2: it it's just such a great book oh well thank you so much chris jericho undisputed yeah
6: and there's nothing wrong with a lion's tail either <laughs> We did uh, Groundlings
2: together quite a few times, gosh, 15 years ago. Had a great time. Kept in touch ever since. And there's always a question that I had for Mike because I read it online. Of course, if you read it online, it must be true. And I just asked them again the other day because I just did The, the Last Drive in Jamboree and I was doing a podcast about Sleepaway Camp 2, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. And I just happened to see again that it said that Michael Hitchcock wrote these movies. And I asked you again. If you had wrote them, you're like, absolutely not. This is pure rubbish. This is hogwash. And then you text me about 20 minutes later and had a confession to make for the first time ever since 1988
6: about Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Well, let's set this record straight immediately. You've only asked me twice. One time when you (laughs) asked, I said, don't believe everything you hear. So I didn't say no. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the last time you said um, it's on your Wikipedia or something like that. And I think I said on that one, I said, well, I didn't write that on Wikipedia. So I didn't say I didn't do. I didn't. Anyway, yes, I am Fritz Gordon, who wrote Sleep Camp* Camp 2 and 3. This
2: is huge. This is the first time you've ever actually admitted it publicly.
6: That's a, absolutely true. It's the very first time. However, I told you uh, we were talking briefly beforehand on the uh, box set that got released. I can't remember when. That was the special box set with the red cross on it, and they had to uh, redo it because I think the red cross was going to sue. Oh. <laughs> there was DVD extras, and Fritz Gordon and Michael A. Simpson, the director, did talk on that. But I did it as I did it as Fritz Gordon with an English accent that lasted maybe <laughs> six minutes, and then I think it turned into a Southern accent, <laughs> and then I think I just dropped it. Well, as you, as
2: you know, that's one of the main rules of Groundlings is you never use accents because you can never keep it all the way through.
6: <laughs> well, I was, I'm was i terrible at accents anyway. I'm very bad at it. I don't know why I chose. I thought English would be fairly easy to do. Well, it wasn't for me. Very bad choice. But anyway, if you if anyone comes across the DVD extras from that particular era, because I know there's been some since then it does exist there does there is commentary from it's probably pretty good from Michael A Simpson cuz he knows more about obviously the production than i do although as i told you i was there for about a week and i do appear when they're singing happy camper song i am in the audience so if you look for a guy with a mullet i'm there sitting next to a lady who's my my aunt who's still alive she's <laughs> in her 90s now. so
2: let me ask this why is it something that you kind of wanted to keep because uh, your your career is, is amazing. You've had so many great films and movies and television credits and writing credits. I mean, you've pretty much done it all. Um, we could do a whole podcast and we will just about that. But why were you hiding the fact that you wrote this extremely quirky, fun
6: movie? Well, I think at the very beginning, it was sort of like I didn't want to be known. I think at the time I was branching out into just writing, writing. And you get typed in the industry very quickly. Mm. I didn't want to be typed as a horror film writer. And I thought, well, if that's what I'm known for, then that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And weirdly, it took many years to kind of figure out that what I was probably the best at was comedy. But because the thing right after the Sleepaway Camp movies, I wrote a drama that got pretty good acclaim called Where the Day Takes You, which was Will Smith's first movie. And it was start a whole bunch of people of that era. Sean Astin and Dermot Mulroney and just on and on and on. So I think at that time I kind of wanted to keep hidden the horror part of my beginnings. Mm-hmm. And then as time went on, I thought, well, f- you know, Fritz Gordon is a fun person who maybe or maybe not lives <laughs> in London. And, You know, every <laughs> once in a while I'll I'll check on what people say about it and then move on. Because as you well know, you know, I, I was looking up in 1987 when this movie was written it was written in 87 and released in 88 I film in 87 too i think there were 96 horror films in 1987 if you look on wikipedia hmm. so there's a, there was a lot of them and i didn't want to be just one more of those people i think i think that was sort of my reasoning back then
2: where did you get the name
6: fritz gordon from well gordon is my middle name okay and fritz came because in high school i took german class And everybody was we all got to name our give ourselves a German name that we were called (laughs) by in class. And mine was Fritz. So that's where (laughs) Fritz Gordon came from.
2: (laughs) And how did you get the gig originally writing these movies? were you?
6: Well, that's that's also not. Yeah. On Wikipedia, it says that I was a staff member of Double Helix, which was the production company that did them. That's not accurate. I worked for a company originally called Embassy Home Entertainment, which was a home entertainment company. It was at the time when it when I first started there was owned. By Norman Lear, of *All in the Family* and *Maud* and that fame, and my job in the home entertainment company was to be the in-house writer. And as time went on, we found out that most things were never going to get written for video cassettes; uh, there were going to be straight movies that people wanted to watch. So I also did acquisitions and I also did marketing. But this project came about. Um, Michael A. Simpson, the director, I had met at early Sundance. He had he had done an indie movie that I liked. Our company did not end up buying it, but I liked the movie and we had kept in touch. And he and I think the producers of Double Helix came to our company and said, would you do a sequel to Sleepaway Camp? And they had the rights to it. And they reiterated that it was, you know, it had made like a pretty good amount of money back in the day, back in 1983, I think it was released. Mm -hmm. The company read the script and passed on that script. And I think partly why was, just like I just mentioned, there was a glut of product. I still thought... I knew Michael, I knew he would do a good job with whatever he got, but I thought, why don't we take a different approach to it? Why don't we try a little more tongue in cheek just to break out of the mold, just to do something a little bit different? And I volunteered to write Sleep Away Camp 2 for free, which I did. And they liked it. And that's how it got started. And then I did get paid a nominal fee, you know, later. And then I'm not sure why they did two and three. That's where my memory is a little fuzzy because after all, this is 36 years later. Right. And Michael A. Simpson, if you ever talk to him, might know the answer to that. But I imagine what happened is that whatever budget the company said you can make this for, they said, well, how about you give us a little bit more money and we'll make two of them? Because it would probably, for whatever reason, economically work out for them that it wasn't enough to make one. But if you give, give us a little bit more, maybe we could do two. So then I wrote the other one. <laughs> And I wrote it very quickly and they filmed them back to back. I think at the end of September in 87 through there's different accounts of who says what, but either mid October or the end of October, 87 was when they were made and they were made in, which I'm sure you know by now, an abandoned YMCA camp outside of Atlanta called Camp Waco. It was also called called Camp Younts, depending on whatever. So and, and they were made there because the original sleepaway camp was set in New York. And I was very concerned that if we're shooting in Georgia, it's going to sound like Georgia with the actors, at least in number two. It's not too apparent. You can there's a couple of actors who definitely have a Georgia accent, but most of them really stepped up to the plate and did not do mm. that. So Georgia substituted for New York and it was shot at in the middle of nowhere. You can see it, by the way, Chris, I don't know if you've seen it, but on YouTube. A couple people went to that place and, you know, walked around. It's now, I think, like a hunting. Oh, wow. So some of those buildings still are up or were up when they filmed it. And they walk around and say, well, there's the pool or there's <laughs> where that was. And it's kind of kind of crazy. Well,
2: it's, it's interesting to me, too, uh, because obviously two is so good. And the reason why I don't care for three is because it's not. As good, and, and the, is it because of the budget constraints or whatever? Kind of tell us a little bit where Sleep Camp 3 goes wrong um, because everything about 2 is so right. And that's why I think it was a little bit disappointing with 3. I, I'm wondering if, if, it, if it didn't fit your vision. Was there a lot of stuff that
6: was changed with that script? Uh, yeah, I went, you know, it's so funny because I haven't thought about this for a long time, and I literally have kept drafts saved in boxes and I pulled them out. Yeah, they they definitely what the original on both of them, there were things that got changed for budgetary reasons. On three, especially at one point, at least in the first draft, there was there was a stray dog at camp that did not like Angela at all. And at the very end, it was the dog that attacked Angela and brought her down and really <laughs> mauled her and, you know, caused really that's it was a dog that brought her down. And obviously, you can't shoot a dog on no you know, limited <laughs> right. budget, so I don't <laughs> yeah. know what I was even thinking. So that got thrown out fairly quickly. <laughs> but I think they probably spent a good deal of the money right. on the first one and didn't have as much left over on the second one. And you know, when in doubt, bring out that branch and hit people with it. <laughs> she used that branch for most of her kills. In she three. uses it a lot in number three. <laughs> that branch is comes out because I actually looked about that too to see what changed in those regards, like. When Herman got killed, that was supposed to be the branch was supposed to be on fire and it was supposed to first hit him in the crotch and then whack him in the head and, and catch him on fire. So that was all supposed to be a huge fire thing. Oh. Tawny, the newscaster, originally Angela cut her, the brakes to her news van and it went over, and it went over <laughs> a cliff. I mean, so there were bigger, more special effects. And then the ones that they did have, like the girl that goes down the flagpole. And the lawnmower thing, which were, you know, I'd, I'd say objectively pretty good, scary moments, got way cut back because of the rating. Mm. That These films were both, I think by contract had to be with our company, had to be rated. Part of the contract was they had to be rated. They had to be rated R. Right. So there are movies of that era that did not have ratings at all because they were going straight to video. So the, that company, whoever rates the movies, had huge notes. And those both of those stunts got way cut back so i think some of that which was there didn't end up on film you didn't see it so that's part of it and then yeah and it got silly it's sillier it definitely is that's my fault i guess and we can talk more about that at some point but i do like the premise of two grifters who take over a camp and are screwing the government out of money to Get rich, <laughs> yeah. So I think Angela had every right to get rid of them.
2: I like the fact that Herman was uh, Michael J. Pollard, who had an Academy Award nomination. Oh yeah, in his credits,
6: and then sleep away after. Well, work. that was another thing because I was there when he was there, and he, I remember at the time thinking, "Oh my gosh, we've got you know like, he's in one of my favorite films of all time, Bonnie and Clyde, Bonnie and Clyde, right? Yeah. And like I think he was in Dick Tracy. I mean, he's in amazing movies. And at that point, he had a handler someone with him all the time mm. to kind of help him. And I just remember at the time thinking, Oh, Michael J. Pollard, I wish you weren't in this movie because you deserve <laughs> so much better than this and nothing to be said about anyone else. I'm just thought, I, you know, I'm glad he's in it, but I'm not glad he's in it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, that kind he's of to work,
2: but yeah, you know, I see. Yeah.
6: yeah. But he's so iconic and, and he was also, you know, he was just at a point in his life where he was having a, a bit of a difficult time, I think
2: Let's talk about uh, some of the great moments on two. One of the old, my all-time favorite kills in horror movie history is the outhouse kill of Allie, where once again, Angela breaks out that branch and shoves her down the outhouse.
6: She does. I looked that one up too, because, and I think it's cinematically, it's pretty funny. I, it is probably my favorite of, yeah. of those just because it's so stupid. And that <laughs> kind of came about because my grandmother lived on a farm and she had an outhouse. And as a kid, we were scared to death of it for, you know, like, I mean, it was closed. You couldn't get in it. But I was like, what if we fell in there when we drowned and all of that? And so that stuck in my memory my whole life. I thought, well, let's try an outhouse kill. And originally, because I know everybody talks about, well, how did she get down there and blah, 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 blah. The way it was originally scripted, she had been injured, like Angela had stabbed her. And then at one point, Angela had takes an axe. The outhouse itself had been had fallen apart in the script. So it was only partly there, and it was on a platform, and Angela takes an ax, splits the platform, which you know had been decaying, and the whole thing caves in. That's how she fell in, in originally. And that would have been extremely hard to shoot- To shoot, right. On now. a budget, so I see why they did it the way they did.
2: I like the fact that her face is also covered in leeches. Me too. We <laughs> looked it up to see if it's possible, and apparently leeches can live in sewage.
6: Well, I, you know, I used to go to camp. I, you know, I went to camp my whole life and we, they were always like, look out for leeches. There's leeches everywhere. (laughs) When you get out of the water, you better get the leeches off. So I thought, you know, what's worse than like drowning in shit. It's like drowning in shit and having leeches on you like as a one final humiliation so
2: <laughs> about uh speaking of shit the the illustrious shit sisters who yes uh, amy fields was on the podcast the other day i just love the the concept of the shout sisters who are now known as the shit sisters yeah it was the inspiration behind them
6: i did i think maybe it was just the time it was just the stoner kids who like you know angela's certainly not gonna like that and i looked that up too because originally There was a scene that was cut and I see why, but originally Angela went into town and bought the liquor and put it out for them to discover like it's Christmas in July. And so it was sort of Angela's kind of baited them to do it. And that got cut fairly early. Yeah. In the very, very first two drafts, I think it was Angela who went and got the liquor and then, and maybe even, maybe even did a drug deal so that there would be uh, joints. She kind of set them up. (laughs) In the original draft, I like it better the way it is now where they're just, it's all their fault, basically. (laughs) But there's always those kids at camp and school that just don't give a fuck. And that's sort of what I liked about them. And they were very funny, by the way. I thought they did a good job.
2: Were you involved? I mean, obviously, usually that's not the case that the script writer's involved in any of the casting, but did you have anything to do with that? Because there was some fairly decent names in this. Yes,
6: right? a, a little bit. I think I was, they did a Los Angeles casting call and I was there for that. The two people I remember were Brian Patrick Clark, who played TC, came in and read and was very good. And then Uncle John who was Walter uh, Gotell? Yes, Gotell came in, and he—he he was, you know, he was a huge deal. He is like yeah. General Gogol in all of the James Bond movies, yeah, and has this massive career. And I remember him coming in and going, "I will not read, but you can interview me." <laughs> and then he did read, even though he said he wouldn't. He did, and of course, you're going to give it to you know, why wouldn't you give it to anybody who's been in all those James Bond movies? So. <laughs> And I remember Brian Patrick Clark came in and just like owned it. He was just sort of that guy. And and he has had, especially then, he was in every soap opera you can imagine. Eight it is enough, made, even big sitcoms. Eight is enough. Yeah. But he was in General Hospital and all of them, like Bold the Beautiful, all of them. He's still a working actor and um, and a great guy. And at that time, when we, I remember when we were in Georgia, we went to McDonald's or something. And he got recognized all over the place because everybody watches soaps sure he's a recognizable guy as soon as you see him you know like oh i I know that guy but pam springsteen i did not i don't know how she got involved michael a simpson would know that i do think at the very beginning they did try to get felissa rose i know that she was certainly mentioned she said she was too young she was too young to play because angela was supposed to be 21 yeah yeah she was only like 16 or something like that at the time Yeah, and that would be expensive to bring somebody down to Atlanta and all of that. I don't know where they got Pam. I'm not sure where Pam came from or Renee Estevez. I don't know. I don't know when they got involved, but they were both, I think, a great coup, both of them. She was good. Did you know that she was Bruce Springsteen's sister? Uh, That was told to me uh, the second that (laughs) it was mentioned. When I (laughs) met her, I never brought it up. Never, never, never. It was just something I don't think anyone. Everyone knew and no one would talk about it. So I don't know if she ever talked about it, but it was so like, oh, my God, it's her. You know, you want to ask her a million questions. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I asked her anything ever as if, you know, like the elephant in the room and you just don't talk about it. And I don't even remember if I talked to uh, Renee about her brothers, like, you know, Emilio and Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen and all that. I, I don't remember. But thank God for both of them. I thought they elevated it. Yeah, they're great. They're really good. And especially, well, both of them. But Pamela, where she obviously has to deliver funny lines here and there. And she did it well. I thought she she was pretty darn grounded when she had to be and could pop off a little quip when she needed to pop one off and not look like an idiot. I, I do love the the ending of the movie where about
2: the 60 minute mark or so there's a big flashback of Angela and all of her killing. And then there's yes. a big long chase scene through the woods that to me just, just screams, we need to make this movie a little longer. Just, just run a little bit longer, get a couple more minutes of running
6: in there. <laughs> well, you know, i probably, that's probably true. I, I saw a podcast that you did, with the horror guy who loves everything, you know, that's, he's Dead great. Meet James. Yeah. Yes. He's amazing. And you'll, you you talked about both of those things and, what I do remember about the flashback is, and I vaguely remember this. If you hadn't brought it up, I don't think I would remember. It's not in the scripts. Mm. It absolutely was an add-on. But it there was no clearly we didn't go back five months later and do reshoots. So that was done on set when they were filming. And I don't know if they tried if they did a pickup during three when they were already done with two. Or so someone like, you know, the script supervisor is usually besides making sure everybody's saying the right line. They're also timing the scenes. So at some point they must have timed it and gone. This is timing out too short. Yeah. They probably huddled together and said, we're going to need to do something. What should we do? And all I remember adding to the conversation, because I think by that time they had decided they were going to do some sort of nightmare situation. And I said, Angela would not be scared about the killings. She would be scared. Her nightmare would be that somebody thinks she's fucked up. Mm. that was my addition to it and they do end it with that they do end, right. end it with ali going you're more f-ed up than i thought and then she wakes right, up right, right.
2: <laughs> how about the ending scene of when molly's running through the forest and she finally comes onto the to the road and there's angela with the the lady's cowboy hat and so skin off my mm-hmm. teeth, sister um yeah <laughs> what happens in, in your in your writer's
6: Head. Did she she die? Did she run about? What did you think? I mean, we all hope she didn't. Right. But Angela, it's Angela's pretty crafty, I have to say. (laughs) I think Angela, I don't think Angela had a choice in the matter. She wants to continue. I think if Molly lived, Angela would have ended up in jail. So clearly she didn't because she came back to camp the next year. (laughs) So I think poor Molly didn't end up alive in that one. I, I looked up some of that too. Like originally, there were police that came to the camp and barged in, and Molly's death was a lot more, it was just something that too expensive to shoot, mm. but then she fell down, you know, a big big hill and clammed onto a branch, and the branch broke, and then she got stabbed through the chest on something else on the, you know, on the floor So I know, and that couldn't be done because of budget, and then the only, early, most of the um, the murders stayed as scripted, the only other one that was sort of not as written completely was when TC comes in and she throws the cup of acid on him. That was originally a bucket, mm. a bucket of acid above the door, like the kids had done, like Charlie and Emilio had done with the water. Right. And so it was, a, it was a mirror of that, except this time it's acid. And I remember when I saw it, I'm like, really? A cup of acid's going to kill somebody? I don't think so. But <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's it's a good one though. It's believable because he gets in his face, and, and-, and
6: then she does say, "You want another cup?" So he probably got a few cups. When we weren't watching probably completely out of out of your knowledge
2: but this, i've always wondered this and i actually kind of know but when there's the, the second reveal after molly and and sean are taken hostage in the shed where all the bodies are there and ali's green leech covered mm-hmm. face is still on there they pan across and there's a there's a, a record an lp by a band called flotsam and jetsam yeah. which is famous because the bass player from metallica came from that band and there's no reason for it. Do you know why that album cover was in there?
6: I have absolutely no idea except <laughs> for maybe the show sisters. That would be the only reason why. And originally, because I looked that up, in the original script Angela had set up that room like a couple of them were playing checkers. Oh and yeah. Someone else. So there was a little bit of that, like as if they were like playthings or something. But yeah, I have no idea why that was there. It was probably at some point like, well, they didn't have a body there and they needed something, you know, they <laughs> went I mean? where they do the pan. So, well, we'll put a record album there. And well, what do we have? We have maybe the show sisters listen to heavy metal or one of the guys, so that's what it was but yeah i don't know I, I
2: think the studio had some kind of a deal with with the record company because there's a couple other songs in the movie that are from this metal blade records so i'm thinking maybe
6: oh they might have product
2: yeah. placement like just stick the album in there make them happy you know they paid us five grand to, for the movie or whoever yeah those i
6: know so. like anvil you know did the opening song and stuff so maybe i don't know when that deal happened if it happened before the movie was shot or after yeah. your theory would be that it was they knew ahead of time So Maybe they did. I don't know. Or maybe it was just random. I don't know. Maybe somebody thought it, it was It could be funny. random, but I don't know how you would get the right. You know, you can't well, – I mean, I don't know. If you watch Troll 2, there's a million – Of course. There's product placement <laughs> everywhere that there shouldn't be, and they could get sued. They, I don't know how they didn't get sued, but they're pretty careful with not – with. Uh, in, in this movie, they really don't show products that much. So I bet you they must have had the rights. Did you Did you write the Happy Camper song? I did write the happy camper song and weirdly here's and that's what it was also kind of funny about pretending that I wasn't Fritz Gordon. There's an easter egg at the end of the movie. I Michael Hitchcock am credited in the credits as writing that song. <laughs> and that was my little like all right, if people really want to figure this out, well, there it is. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. And then the the melodies is by somebody else. However, the ending of it was so, it, it got changed on set and i think it was by pamela or the guy that wrote the melody it didn't end with and i'll camp until i die it ended with um and have a happy day and so I'll camp until i die is so much better <laughs> so wh- whoever thought of that did a much better job i remember i remember going on set and they told me that yeah the original thing was the last verse was oh i'm a happy camper i love to sing and play and i would like to say to you have a happy day and so yeah. Camp until I die. It's much better. It, <laughs> it might have been Pam. I don't know. It was somebody. It wasn't me. Last few
2: things, uh, Mike. When you you went to the set for about a week, was there any yeah. stories that happened being on
6: set, or was it just typical movie making? And being a writer on set is always weird because you're always sitting there going, "They're not saying it the way." Yeah. It. <laughs> Every so word is gold. Like, what happened? Yeah. What happened to the bucket over the thing? You know, all of that kind of. Um, <laughs> right. All the things that writers do when you're on set. I just remember that I didn't want them to know that I was Fritz Gordon either. So like that was a secret even then and i do remember going up to some of the actors and going so well how come you're you know you decided to do the movie and every one of them said for the money (laughs) not one of them said before the script and i was sort of a little bit like like oh well that wasn't the answer i wanted to hear but um i have a couple things i want to show you guys since we've got them here so here's the original vhs The most people have right right yeah And this always pissed me off. Having the they got a model, they got a model, and not Pamela. Oh right, good
2: point. And then, of course, the the backpack filled with the Freddy mask and the Jason, you
6: know, the Freddy fingers. Yeah, yes, which she didn't bring. I mean, they, they, but anyway, it's it's not a bad cover, except for like maybe get the real person, right? Or you know, and then here's the DVD, which came out later, obviously, because back then, and so many covers for this
2: movie, so many different posters and covers, yeah. I kind of like this one. No, it's kind of good. It's a good one, yeah.
6: I do have the box set, the one that we were talking about. That, it's the
2: Red Cross, yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah, That it's it's unopened, and they're worth a lot of money. This is kind of weird, but this is what you would get. These are the sell sheets Oh wow! you would get for um, the store. So the the stores would get something like this, and so it was like um, Camp Rolling Hills, you know, breakfast, blah, 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 and then you open it up. Oh, that's
2: kind of the promotional material there.
6: Yeah, so it's all the promotion tells about the movie there. Promotion there. Whoops! Can you see it a little bit? That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then the back a little bit more about who's in it and all of that. So you're obviously proud of this
2: movie. You have all of this memorabilia and all this stuff. It just seems like a a great weight was be lifted off your shoulders for letting this cat out of the bag.
6: Yeah, it's always sort of been out, but it's you know the funny thing about all this stuff is there's and I know I don't throughout your career there's always a million people that are very nice. And then there's five that shit on it. Right. 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 And the ones that shit on it are usually the ones that like, I've, I've been interviewed before for other things I've done. And you think you're having a great interview. Then later you find out, well, they hated all of it. And like, why did you interview me? Like, why were you nice? Right. Exactly. So that's why when, I thought, well, let's do it with Chris because I know Chris. I like Chris. Well, I have a great respect for these movies,
2: right? Exactly. And it was
6: a good experience. And um, all the other thing that happened at the camp, which you asked about, is in town, they thought that they were making a porn (laughs) because they, I think they'd heard about nudity. So they thought that there was a porno being made. (laughs) So I did remember that. There's a porno being made. No, it's not a porno. It's just a stupid horror film. That was a little rumor that was going around.
2: Let me ask you this last question for you.
6: What is your favorite scene from two and your favorite scene from three? Ooh. Favorite scene from two is probably the outhouse scene. So great. Probably as far as the murders go, looking back on there's a scene um, that makes me laugh. Kendall Bean, she played Demi when um, she goes back and she's like, you know, I called, I called and they weren't home and they didn't know where they were. And, and she keeps talking about that. She just called everybody and that Angela then is going to, you know, get her. But I reread the scene. And originally that, that monologue was like two pages where she called everybody. Oh, wow. And they cut it down the way they should have, but it just made me laugh. I thought, Oh, this girl's really smart. She's just not going (laughs) to give up because she's, (laughs) Um, that made me, it kind of made me laugh when I read it again. So, and then Angela had no choice but to, to get rid of her. I'm trying to think what else got changed. Oh, here's something. So Charlie and Emilio, the, you know, the little kids that took the pictures. Originally, uh, they weren't Polaroids. They were going to be like they actually did it like in a photography class, and they had negatives and all that stuff. But there was a scene where they sold the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> they would sell them to the other campers, and I'm you know I'm really kind of glad we got rid of. Them. <laughs> so that that went away fairly quickly. I thought, Jesus, boy, that's dark. <laughs> like they're selling all of all those kids like nude pictures all over camp. So yeah, they were really rotten.
2: I do like the end of three with Angela and just taking care of business and that cliffhanger. I thought that worked well.
6: Yeah, that was pretty good. My favorite part about three was that it was rich kids versus poor kids. And that they're, you know, supposedly coming together for some grand experiment. But the real reason is just to make money off of the rich kids. Right. And in that one, I mean, everyone knows by now that in Sleepaway 2, everyone's named after the Brad Pack. I mean, everybody. Every single name. That's
2: right. Yeah, for sure. Man. Every single one. Allie,
6: including all of them. Molly. Including, like, <laughs> Uncle Uncle John is John Hughes, who's sort of like the leader of, you know, he's, he was oh, dude, sort of- That's
2: great. I, I don't think I've ever actually put two and two together uh, together on yeah. that before.
6: No, they're all, every one of them's a Bra- backpack. pack. TC is Tom Cruise, Rob Lowe, Ali Sheedy, Molly Ringwald, Emilio and Charlie, <laughs> every one of them. And then in three, Herman and Lily are permanently monster, of course, because they're yeah. like the monsters who like are ripping off everybody. The the rich kids are all the Brady bunch. It's all Cindy, Bobby, Peter, uh, Jan. They're all, all of them are the Brady bunch. And, uh, <laughs> rotten kids are well they're not rotten the the poor kids are west side story names so it's all like that's um, great arab and maria and tony so that's where they that came from and then tawny who was the the broadcaster at the beginning was was a a nod to tawny little who was a broadcaster out in la uh, a thing and the only thing that got changed on that was there was a character called action and they were very very concerned the filmmakers that if they said action everyone would think Action, like, to begin. <laughs> right. So I think action got changed to a at some point.
2: Like I said, man, the, the, the cat is out of the bag, and I think you should be pretty proud of being a big part of one of the greatest franchises in horror movie history, man.
6: Well, thank you, and my apologies to the original cast and to the original writer, because this is not that film. And I know that they are still continuing to do their version, and they should. So uh, the way what we talked about is, Whatever. If they were the Rolling Stones, we were Twisted Sister. It's it's a different, different vibe form yeah, yeah, yeah. of the same story. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But I I've loved to the best of the series, so I think you nailed it with that one.
6: Well, I think one has one of the scariest you know reveals of all time. Sure, um, not sure. not scary, but shocking. Shocking, I mean, yeah. really, truly shocking, and very original.
2: That's another thing that I love, Angela, where she explains that she took her pills and she got shock therapy and she had you
6: know uh, one surgery, so she's better now in my book she's you know i know she's a killer she is a bit of a hero she really <laughs> truly she has a mission which is to have good people in the world and she wants it to be a positive experience she just has a way of getting rid of the ones that aren't making it that way <laughs> which is all of them <laughs> all of them well unfortunately yeah molly probably would have made it
2: well good stuff dude it, it was great i'm glad you did this and it was uh, got some great information here Great. And I'll have to have you back on. We have to do one about your about your appearances on the, in the Christopher Guest documentaries. That's a whole other story. Yeah.
6: That'll be next. Maybe we can do that on one of your cruises. Ooh, maybe we could. Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Ooh, that's I bet I bet wrestling fans would love to hear about <laughs> They would. They would be there. Would they? I know exactly we would have it. Oh, and I know, by the way, and I'm going to leave you with this. I know how what a big fan you are of Spinal Tap because of Fozzie and all of that. I found this when I was looking for stuff. This is an original lobby card that's of great. Spinal Tap. Isn't that cool? It's awesome. And then with all the credits on the map. Oh, that's that's killer. Because we released that movie back in the day, too. That's right, yeah. All right. All right, Mike. Good to see you, Chris. Good to see you, dude. Thank you so much, man.
1: Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. I'm a happy camper now.
6: (laughs) Me too.